What's going on, drinking buddies? Brand new one coming right at you. But you know what we got to do first. We got to pay some bills. So to pay them bills, got to tell you about the important sponsors of the show. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo for 99 cents an episode or $6 a month to get you all the episodes unlimited streaming. That's right. See the madness in full HD. See the occasional nudity. See the fun facial expressions. Oh, and it's in 1080p ad-free. That's right. You don't have to hear me telling you about our sponsors. You just pay, you go, and you enjoy the show. Check that out today at www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you this week by my Twitch stream. Every Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm on Twitch playing video games for your entertainment. Come hang out in the chat, bullshit with me, play some games with me. We play with the community. Check that out today at twitch.tv slash Slayer. Once again, that is twitch.tv slash Slayer. And there's a YouTube channel just for the gaming content. Search on YouTube, You Laugh, We Die. We put up funny videos multiple times a week. Check it out. It's a blast. Last but not least, we are brought to you by my friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact... Every month, Vinyl Me Please has one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. It has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. You can't beat it. Some awesome new vinyl, some art for your wall, and a new way to get fucked up. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month Clubs of old. It's month to month, no strings attached, Cancel any time. All these things sound pretty rad, right? But Matt, how do I sign up? Well, dear friend, I'm going to tell you right now. www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Sign up today. Supports the show. And more importantly, you get some rad vinyl out of the deal. Now that we got the advertising out of the way, my guest this week is adult performer Nikki Huntsman. Nikki is coming at us from her place in Denver. This one is a chill episode, super chill. She's raising a baby squirrel. She's got a bunch of animals. We talk about sex work and motherhood, and it was just a chill, laid-back episode with Nikki. So I hope you enjoy it. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy, drinking buddies. How the hell are you? I'm great. How have you been? I've been doing good. I've been doing good. Denver treating you all right? Yeah, it is. I like it out here. What's well, home, right? Yeah, born and raised Colorado girl. So, definitely in my area. <laughs> you miss LA at all? or? 
I miss the people and the job opportunities. I don't miss the living expenses or the traffic or the parking tickets. I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to L.A. I feel like that's most people. Yeah, there's a lot of pros, but there's also a lot of cons. And I don't know. I feel like Colorado's better. Not to mention, L.A. is so close. It's a cheap two-hour flight, you know. Anytime I want to visit or go out there for work, I can. Hell yeah. So, it works. So, what have you been doing with yourself in Denver now that you're home back in Colorado? Uh, a lot. <laughs> a lot has changed. Like, I have 11 chickens. I recently rescued a baby squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm turning into Ace Ventura. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's awesome. 12, yeah. 12 chickens. Damn. 11. 11. I used to have 12, but one passed away. Mm. That's a Damn. bummer. It was. It was really sad. She was super sweet. It's just more or less all 12 of them decided to come and bum rush me, and I tripped, and one of them passed away from it, unfortunately. Oh, no. But, yeah. But after that, they've learned to be a little bit slower and calmer and not trip me. So I guess at least that's the plus side to that because um, they still get excited to see me, but they give me a little bit of space to walk now, whereas before they'd all try to be on top of my feet and my legs while I'm trying to get through and feed them and take care of them. So All, all they wanted was some feed. And love. <laughs> and love. Are chickens affectionate? Like I, I... Uh, If you raise them from a day old like I did, yeah. And if you handle them a lot, yeah, they're very affectionate. I have pet chickens and they like to sit in my lap and be pet and they like to be held. They'll climb on my shoulder and sit on my shoulder like a parrot. Like, they're very sweet. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, like, I didn't realize how sweet they were until I got them and started bonding with them. I had no clue. What made you decide to get all the chickens? Uh, COVID hit and I was a little bit nervous about everything going on in the world. Plus it was right around Easter. And I was like, well, this is a good Easter gift for my kid, little baby chicks. And I was like, in this way, they'll lay eggs later on down the road. And if more store shortages happen and if things are weird, I'd like to be safe than sorry. Hell yeah. So it's just more or less, I just wanted to be safe and have a little bit of food and protein available, not like killing them, but their eggs. They're all going to be egg layers, so. Hell yeah. Oh, and I know, like, fresh eggs are infinitely the better. <laughs> they are so much better. Like, nice, bright orange yolks. and. Mm-hmm. They just have a really good taste. My eggs are not out yet, though. They're going to start laying in October because they don't start laying until they're about five or six months old. So I'm waiting on the eggs still. Now they're just kind of pets for the moment. Nice. Are they doing... You know, wild things like just eating random things that are outside and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're very wild. They'll run around and catch grasshoppers, crickets. They eat grass. They eat weeds. They eat ants. Um, they'll eat rodents, too. I didn't know that until I got chickens, but they'll catch mice and kill them. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I had no clue. My sister raised a couple chickens, and like they are little dinosaurs. They are. They're like little velociraptors. When they're in their chicken run... If they see me come up with treats, it's like feeding time in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. 
they run over and they make these little high pitch noises and they remind me of little dinosaurs. They're the cutest. <laughs> if they were bigger, they'd be terrifying. But yeah, but with them being little, they're cute. It's kind of like house cats. House cats would murder you if they could, but they can't. So they're cute. Oh, my cats are the best. They love me. I have two cats, two dogs, 11 chickens, and now a baby squirrel. Wow. What, where did the squirrel come from? Like just a rescue? Or? Oh, no, it fell out of the tree and it was crying for its mom and she never came to get it. And I've tried to give it back to her a few times over the last couple of days and she's not taking him back and I didn't want him to die. So he's now living in my house getting bottle fed puppy milk. So. Wow. Yeah. Plan Any plans to expand on the zoo? Not at this point in time, but actually Eden Blair and I, I don't know if you know her or not. She's in the industry also. She's one of my best friends, but she's going to be moving to Colorado in November. And we have like a five to 10 year game plan that we kind of want to open our own business out in the middle of nowhere, like get a ranch where we can actually save and foster animals, no kill shelter type of deal. But also we want it to be like half that. And then the other half of our little ranch, we kind of want to turn into a swinger resort slash dungeon area for fetish events. And we kind of want to bring more of the fetish community to Colorado. You can fall on, just call it the wild kingdom. Oh, I like that. That's actually a really good name for it. But we haven't decided names. We've just talked about game plans. And with her, she does dog training and walking. And with me, I've saved bottle babies multiple times. I've raised a few litters of kittens. This is my first time raising a baby squirrel. I helped my dog give birth when she had her litter of puppies a few years back. Just different things. I've always been an animal person. And I kind of want to be like Kelly Holland someday. I like her. She's cool as fuck. The fact that she saves animals and fosters them and gets them rehabilitated and she does her vices nice charity every year. I'd like to be like that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And yeah. nice thing about Colorado is there's plenty of space to do that. Like, And it's more affordable than LA. So you can do so much more, you oh, know, oh yeah, you'd have to rob a bank to get enough space to do all that in LA. Yeah, in L.A., it's hard to do any of that. You know, it's doable. Kelly's proof of that, but I'm not on her level. So I'd like to do it on a more affordable scale, but try to do the same thing or something similar. She's somebody I look up to in the industry. Oh, yeah, those Vices Nice events are great. I mean, oh. They are. And just the fact that she always fosters different baby animals and saves them and makes sure that they're getting homes. She's on my Facebook and I always see her posting different animals that she's saved on a daily basis. She's made a difference in so many animals' lives, and that's huge. Hell yeah. So, I like her. <laughs> and this, she's cool. That's awesome. No, she's, yeah. she's good people. Out of everybody in the industry, she's probably the person I look up to the most. I don't know her super well, you know, because I've only talked to her here and there at events, but... She's always been really nice, and the fact that she does as much as she does just makes me really look up to her. She has cool vibes. No, those are absolutely cool vibes. Instead of, like, you know, she's helping animals instead of uh, buying another Louis Vuitton purse. Or, you know, where a lot of crazy industry money goes, it's like, oh, this, the fashion's cool and all, but does it really help anybody in the long run? 
Exactly. It's like with money that I've been making, I've been saving partially towards my future, but I've also been taking care of my little army of animals and my daughter, you know, and prepping for the future of saving more animals, hopefully. That's kind of my goal. We'll see if it goes through or not, but it's a plan. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's, that is rad as hell. So are they reopening schools in Colorado or are you doing the homeschool thing? They're reopening, but she's only going to be going like two or three days a week. And then the other days are all going to be remote learning at home on a computer, which is going to be a pain in the butt. (laughs) I hate this COVID stuff so much. I don't think anyone's really a fan. I don't know. The thing is, though, it's like since moving back here, my source of income has mainly been creating content for OnlyFans and live streaming on StreamMate. And I can't really do that stuff when the kiddo's home. Usually what I do is I work from like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. or 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. during the school week. And then I take evenings and weekends off for the most part. You know, on the rare occasion, I might cam during an evening if there's a cam competition going and have my parents watch my kid that night. But I don't like to work with her in the house. So it limits my work when I can't work because of her being home so yeah that that is definitely a challenge i and i'm i'm sure you know you've also as much as you love anyone especially your kid you want some time to yourself too like yeah no matter what your relationship with is with anybody being stuck in a space with them 24 7 just I'm fortunate that both of my parents are close by. If they weren't, I'd be going nuts right now because her father's not really involved. So if I didn't have grandma and grandpa to help out, oh my God, this year would have been rough, especially because she's a preteen and just trying to start shit constantly. Uh. She likes to mess with me. She actually took my work phone and hit it the other day and I was looking for it for like three freaking hours. And she told me that she didn't know where it was. She hid it in her room just to mess with me. That's not cool. Uh It's not cool at all. I know. I know. (laughs) I was so pissed. It was after I'd spent the entire day cleaning my house, too. So I was like, did I shove it in a drawer or something when I was cleaning? Did I do something and not realize it? And I was trying to call it, and it was turned off. I thought it had died. So I'm like, great. I know it's in the house because I haven't been anywhere. So then I go, and I'm, like, dumping out bags and drawers and looking for it and basically destroying my hours upon hours of housework that I had just gotten done looking for it just because she wanted to mess with me. What would she say when you found it? Oh, well, she finally felt bad and told me where it was. After like three hours of putting me through it, she was like, Mom, I lied. I know where it is. I was like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. But she didn't, uh, but she didn't go, let you go days without it. Yeah, but she also knows that if I find out and it's like a longer period of time, she's gonna be in deeper shit. <laughs> You know, especially because I told her, I was like, I have videos and shit that I need to edit. I need to work. And this is how I pay our bills. And this is how you get your swag. If you want me to take you shopping for back to school clothes or if you actually want shit, I kind of need to find this phone because it's involved with all of my work. I know you know a handful of performers that have kids, but most of them aren't older yet. I mean, if this is something you don't want to talk about, I can edit it out. But We can talk about it. 
Does your kid know what you do? Yes, she does. I had the talk with her last year because she's going through puberty. She started her period. And I found out through mutual friends that their kids that are her age that she also hangs out with were looking at porn. And even though they were not looking me up and they did not come across my stuff, that's always a possibility because I've been in the industry for eight years. I have hundreds of videos out. I live stream. And not only that, but I've been on the trending page and on the front page of Pornhub before. I've been on advertisements that have popped up before. I've had friends message me and be like, oh my God, you were on the front page of Pornhub. So it's one of those things that it's like, you have to be upfront and honest with your kid. I had the sex talk with her and I told her what I did for a living. I didn't go into graphic details or anything, you know, but I just gave her the general rundown. I was like, this is what I do. Um, so if you ever look at porn, you could come across your mom, just a heads up. Uh, you might not want to look stuff up anytime just cause you could see your mom naked and I'm sure that would make you very uncomfortable. So it's also a deterrent for her to go on those sites. So, and that way it kind of works. How did she respond to that? She just, uh, she understands, she accepts it. You know, it's not her favorite thing or her first choice for her mom's career. But at the same time, I explained to her, I'm like, this is how I get to take you to VidCon. This is how I've taken you to Disneyland, Disney World, SeaWorld. This is how I've taken you to see Blink-182 VIP, like front seats. Like I bought us fifth row and then there were some drunk assholes next to us that kept falling on us. So the security guards moved us to third row center stage for free. Nice. Like my daughter gets to go on all these cool adventures and gets all these experiences that most kids don't get. And I have more free time to spend with her. I'm able to go to her school functions. I'm able to spend holidays with her. I choose when I work and when I don't work. I choose when I travel and when I don't travel. I'm my own boss. You know, I mean, of course, I'm not my boss when I'm on set for companies. Right. But when it comes down to which jobs I take, which companies I work for, when I work, I'm in control of all of that. Whereas if I was working a normal nine to five, you have to clock in, clock out when they say you have to do mandatory overtime, you get paid way less. It's just completely different. And that's a talk I had with her. That's awesome. 100% sex work is a great upward mobility for women. It is. It gives you a lot more freedom it's better income, and it's just one of those things where it's like you have power over your own career and your own choices. And as long as you're smart about it and responsible with your money, you know, it's something that you can make a career as long as you show up to set on time, as long as you do a good job, as long as you're reliable and nice to everybody. You know, a lot of people are like, well, isn't the average life of a sex worker like six months to a year? And I'm like, yeah, because a lot of people get in and make their fast money and then decide to get out or they decide that they want to do stupid shit like be a no call, no show or get drunk or high or other things that ruin their career really early on. I've been in the industry for almost a decade and it's because of the fact that I'm showing up to set sober and I'm showing up on time most of the time, unless there's traffic, you know, but people understand in LA if you're a little bit late sometimes, but there's just different things, different factors, but you can make it a career if you treat it like a normal job. If you treat it like a job, then well, it can last. Well, definitely. I mean, part of the, we've talked about this with other guests on the show, part of the problem is 
when you get into this industry, you get very little guidance. Oh, there's no guidance. None. It's kind of like just jumping into the deep end of a pool and learning to swim on your own. You either sink or you swim. Well, it's a deep end full of sharks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely full of sharks. I was very fortunate that I fell into the good side of it and the legitimate side because I didn't even go out of my way to get into the industry or look into it. The thing is, I had a talent scout that reached out to me on Model Mayhem of all places. And then I did my first couple of shoots and that guy was super flaky. And eventually I ended up looking into agents and I tried out a couple of different people that sucked. And then I ended up with 101 and I've been with them ever since. I've been with them since 2013. So it'll be seven years in December, but I've been with them eight years that I've been in the industry total, but I just got lucky. (laughs) Well, you got lucky and that's the problem because there's zero guidance. You very easily might not have ended up with a reputable agent. There's so many you know scammers out there. There's so many people that mm-hmm. are. There's a lot of things that you have to worry about, unfortunately. Pimps, sex traffickers. The world's not very safe. I just got lucky. And that doesn't happen with everybody, unfortunately. Yeah, it's. I will say I technically fell into it legitimately with the scout and got lucky on that end. But when it came to agents, I did do a little bit of research. I did go on Twitter and I did look up different porn stars and see who they said represented them. And I did a little bit of looking to figure out people I wanted to apply to. So I did do that after I had already done a bunch of scenes through the scout. But Definitely did not research it before that. Didn't even know how to or think to. I just kind of jumped in with the scout. I could have been flying anywhere when I went to Florida for my first couple of shoots. When I went to go work with Bang Bros, it could have been anything. I got lucky it wasn't something else. 100%. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people who get into the industry don't even don't even know what to look for. They don't even know what to research to look out for their best interest. They're just like, hey, I want to get into porn for whatever their motivation is. Yeah, and they just go off Craigslist or wherever and pick random jobs, and you can't do that. you got to vet things. 100%. Because even if you are dealing with legitimate companies, legitimate shoots, not all companies are created equal. Exactly, because some just don't give a fuck about their talents, and some can be a little bit rougher depending upon what you're going into and people don't always do their research or know like if they're going to a hardcore shoot what to expect especially if they're brand new and then they think oh my god the whole industry is like this it's terrible if they have one bad experience just because they didn't do their research which is unfortunate because there are a lot of companies that are just really calm, peaceful, and even some companies that shoot hardcore are not hardcore. They just know how to act it up and make it look more extreme. Like with Kink, Kink is so, so, so great to work for. They know how to make things look a little bit more extreme than they are and just get the right angles, lighting, have you act, you know, it's different. So just because the sex is real doesn't mean that the performance is. Exactly. So it depends on who you're working for, though, because some companies expect the performance to be real and expect you to actually be upset or in pain at a hardcore shoot, you know? 
I've run into both sides where it's acting and where it's real, where they're really trying to get you to throw up or really trying to make you cry. And those days are not fun. And I've only had a couple of those days in my eight years of being in, but I will say that like, I've had days where I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore just because I had one really bad day of work. But then I sit down and I think about it. I'm like, I've had so many good days and positive experiences on sets. The rare occasion where I've had a bad experience, you know, it might make me feel bad for a little bit, but I kind of just push it off and look at the pros and cons and I weigh it out because I've had way more good experiences than I've had bad. Yeah. And just like any job, not every day is going to be perfect. Exactly. But some days like where it makes you question your career, like when it's that bad, it's like, oof. and then days like that, you just gotta be like, I'm not working for that fucker again. <laughs> exactly. And- or with that talent or whatever, whoever upset you, you just have to put people on your no list if you're uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And that's one of the beautiful parts about the industry is that the performers, the the female performers have such control over their own destinies. Yeah. I like the fact that I have control over my career. It's not like a normal nine to five where if somebody's being a dick to you at work, you can suck it up and deal with it. Or then you have to report them and go through legalities and different things. You know, I just, I don't know. I prefer the industry just because of all the freedoms that it has. To be completely honest, there are so many freedoms that you have within this industry that you don't have with any other career. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It unlocks doors. I mean, the amount of things that are just that come your way just for having a career in the industry. Like, and you get to travel, you get to meet new people. You just get so many amazing experiences. And I've had fans that have straight up told me that I've gotten them through like depression and times where they were going through a lot of shit by watching my videos and by calling me on verified call or sex panther, just having somebody to talk to. I've had people that call me sometimes just because they're lonely or depressed and I help them through it. I mean, it's not all sex work, which is surprising. You would think as a sex worker, it would be nothing but pow, 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 bang, bang, bang. But it's not. Sometimes it's actually getting to know people and helping them through their issues, too. You almost Sometimes don't... I feel like I'm a therapist. <laughs> what I was about to say, the interactions are definitely positive, like, when you're helping people out like that. But do they sometimes get negative? Do they people sometimes, like, feel like they know you more intimately than they actually do because... I haven't had that issue with people I've actually talked to. I have had one delusional fan, though that was super delusional. I'd never spoken to him, never met him. And yet he decided to track down like my family's personal Facebooks and like add my parents and say he was in a relationship with me and that he knew X, Y, and Z about me. And he was trying to fish for more information. And he somehow got a hold of my actual phone number and has called me and knows my real name. And it's super creepy. And this dude's like in his sixties and I've never met him before. And it's pretty terrifying when things like that happen and when somebody's delusional and thinks that they know you and have a relationship with you when they've never even spoken to you and never met you. Yeah, that that's... So, shit like that's terrifying and shit like that is happy that I know how to shoot a gun. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's... <laughs> mental yeah. illness is real. Unfortunately, mental illness is a real thing. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, I know how to shoot a gun, and I also have a father with guns nearby. 
So what are you shooting? Not. <laughs> um, I've shot my boyfriend's hunting gun a few times. I don't own my own yet, but I'm probably going to own a gun soon just because I've had creepy experiences like that in the past couple of months. And I've had other creepy experiences that just make it feel like I should have something for self-defense. But I've been learning how to shoot a gun the last couple of months between that experience and having to worry about riding and looting and different things going on in the world. I just feel like it's better to know how to defend yourself than not with how 2020 is going. You know, like when you have a creepy stalker and then when you also have to worry about things going on in the world that are weird, I'm just now learning how to shoot. I've never had an interest in it before. Besides video games, I've always been a sharpshooter at arcades and in games. I'm good at that. But I never really gave a fuck when it came to actual guns until I started getting uncomfortable and anxious about everything going on right now in this world. So I'm... I am all for it. Uh, you know, I'm an avid firearms owner, so I think it's a skill set that everyone should have, and everyone should definitely be trained. You shouldn't just buy a gun and, you know, I feel safe because I have this gun. If you don't know how to use it, it will do you zero good. Yeah, my boyfriend's been taking me out and showing me how to use it just out in the middle of nowhere on ranches and stuff, like shooting at cams and different things. And he was surprised about how good my aim was, you know, because I had no issues with that. For me, the part that gets me and that I'm not super comfortable with is the recoil and how loud it is. But that was with his gun, with his buddy's gun. I don't remember what it was. It's completely silent and it had like no recoil, no kickback. I liked his buddy's gun and I want one of those, but it's a $1,200 gun. So <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like an AR something. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, was, it was a rifle? It was cool. Uh, no, but it was like bigger. I don't know how to describe it. It's definitely not a little gun, though. It's not like a pistol, and it wasn't like my boyfriend's hunting gun. I'd have to ask my boyfriend what it was called, but I like that one. That one was a fun gun. Probably an AR-15. Probably. I have no clue. I don't know my guns. I just know that that one didn't have recoil, no kickback, and it was pretty quiet, which I liked. It was smooth. It was easy to use, and it didn't kill my ears. So that's a lot of things that people don't realize when they go to shoot guns in real life. Like they're fucking loud. Yeah. I don't like it. Even with the little silencer things and the little foamy things, it still hurt my ears. I don't like it. Not a fan of it. Uh, I like the activity of shooting a gun, but I'm picky about the gun. I have high standards. Apparently I want $1,200 guns. (laughs) So, Hey, if that's what you're comfortable with shooting, that's what you should get because the last thing you want in a real life situation where you have to defend your life with it to be uncomfortable exactly because that's how guns get taken away from you that's how guns you know get used on their owners that they think oh i have this gun it will stop an attacker or a threat like no unfortunately you got to be comfortable and willing to use it like you should never pull a gun on someone unless you're willing to use it Yeah, and when you pull out the gun, you're supposed to have your fingers off the trigger, and you put them on only if you're intending to shoot. Right. With good practices, you know, you have your finger on the guard. You basically point at what you're going to be shooting at before you put your finger on the trigger. It's called, you know, it's indexing. You just... Yeah. 
it's basic stuff, but it's stuff that you don't always know unless you go out and practice and talk to people that know their shit. But well, you'd be amazed. Like if you go and actually watch action movies or television, how many actors ha- are running around in cop shows with their fingers on the trigger? <laughs> That's because they don't know. <laughs> right. That means they don't know. The stunt guy doesn't know because it's all imaginary. It, in real life, you don't want to run around with the finger on the trigger because if you're moving and trip. You can accidentally shoot yourself in the dick or the leg. Right. <laughs> or shoot someone else who is an innocent bystander. Doesn't deserve it. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things you got to be careful. But I'm happy that I'm learning about that stuff. It's definitely good knowledge to have. So It's amazing being someone who grows, grew up in Colorado that you didn't grow up around guns. I, I imagine like everyone in Colorado... I mean, my dad's ex-military, but my dad just never really had an interest in going to the range or doing it for fun. My dad doesn't hunt, and I never had an interest in it. So I didn't really learn how to do that. I learned how to fish when I was a kid, and I know how to clean and gut a fish. Uh, <laughs> but better off than me. I don't. Yeah, I don't know shit when it comes to like going out and actually shooting, but I also never asked my dad, never had an interest in it. You know, my dad and I would go camping. We would do other stuff, but mm, guns weren't really a thing that we cared about. My dad owns one, and my dad can hit a target really well, but it's not something he goes out of his way to do for fun regularly or anything. He just has it in the house in case we need it. So, yeah. My dad's more of a let's chill, listen to the Beatles and get stoned kind of dad. My dad's not the dad that's like, let's go hunting, let's go shoot or blow things up. Nah. He's like, I live in Colorado to be in the great outdoors, not. Yeah. My dad's more of a, I want to retire and live in a log cabin alone in the mountains away from everybody. (laughs) And that's kind of my dad's goal. Just get a nice little place up in the mountains with Wi-Fi. And that's where he wants to be when he's older. And just be away from everybody. He's just like, I just want to have my internet connection, watch my shows, listen to my music, and chill in the wilderness with my dogs getting high all day. So COVID so. must not be too hard for him. because Nope. <laughs> he doesn't like to leave his house. He's good. <laughs> he's happy. So what is your big post-COVID plans? You got your trips planned? You got What do you want to do when the world gets normal again? I'll go to as many conventions and festivals as possible and concerts. I like to travel too, but honestly, I kind of want to do that even more so right now while things are fucked up just because it's so cheap. I'm so tempted to just look into different flights and trips and do things right now. I'm not that worried about COVID personally. I mean, I think it's a big concern, but I feel like if I'm wearing my mask, sanitizing things, I don't think I'm going to get sick. And if I do, I'm young and healthy enough to where I'd be okay. So there's part of me that wants to travel while things are still on the cheap side. (laughs) I haven't really done it, though, just out of consideration for my family, because I know that if I travel, they're going to be stuck watching my pets and my kid. So if it's not work-related, I'm not really traveling at the moment. Where do you want to go, though? Where's where's the uh, number one trip? Uh, I have my passport, finally, and I've only gotten to leave the USA once, and it was for work. So that kind of was a bummer because I didn't really get to explore much. Um, Where'd you go? I, kind of, I got to go to the Czech Republic, and I got to work with legal porno, and it was gorgeous out there. That was neat. 
but since getting my passport, I'd like to go to more places outside of the USA. I don't know which one first because I have a pretty extensive list, but I'd have to say top three, Italy, Spain, Greece. I want to go to places that are absolutely gorgeous, that have beaches and oceans and places to hike and really great food. That's kind of my top three priorities, yummy food and beaches. Spain, I definitely enjoyed the food and the beaches in Spain. I haven't been to Italy or Greece yet, but Spain was rad as hell. All of them, all three sound really great. So those are kind of my top three priorities, especially because I really like spicy food. I like Spanish food. I like Italian food. I don't really have too many things that are like Greek when it comes to food. So I don't know their culture as well. But the few things that I've had have been good. And whenever I see pictures and videos of Greece, it just looks stunning with their crystal blue waters and their white sandy beaches. I really want to check it out. Oh, it's definitely on my list, too. I have a buddy of mine who's from Greece, and he just tells stories. And it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I could have a good time there. Yeah, it sounds like it'd be a blast. And something that's a little bit less common that I'd like to go to, because you don't always hear about people wanting to go here, is Ireland. I know there's not like a lot of crazy things to do there, but it's beautiful. It looks like it would be a fun place to just go hiking or camping or just chill for a week and get drunk and party it up at the pubs. So I don't know. That might be kind of cool. Hell yeah. And the thing about it is it, once you're in Europe, it's like, oh, well, even if you're not having a great time where you're at, it's not hard to get somewhere else in Europe. It's easy to travel. It's short little trips. You know, you just hop on a plane or a tram. They have trains, they have planes, they have boats. They have so many different things. Oh, yeah. Last time I was in Europe was in 2017. We kind of home-based in Amsterdam. We bounced from Amsterdam over to Munich for Oktoberfest. Spent 48, like 56 hours in Germany. Bounced back to Amsterdam, did a couple more days in Amsterdam. Then I bounced up to Finland for a couple days and then came back to the States. All super That's so easy. Cool. Yeah, all super easy to do, and it's all unique cultures. I like the variety. That's for sure. That's one of the reasons why I really would like to go out there and check things out. But well, and we'll I feel, see. You'll get there. You'll get there. The world will get back to normal-ish eventually. Hopefully, hopefully. I think that it will eventually. It's taking way too long. I think after the elections, honestly. Because weird shit always happens the election years. If you've noticed, there's been other issues other election years, too. So I'm thinking maybe it has to do with that partially. This takes the cake, though. This absolutely takes the cake on. This year's been terrible. It's been the worst. But I'm just saying I've noticed that weird shit usually does happen during election years. So we'll see. This is the weirdest and the worst. but It is. We... Unfortunately, our society, like the whole world, is probably the easiest time it's ever been to be alive. So we're all wildly unprepared to deal with any real hardships. Obviously, as people are freaking out about like, I want to leave my house. Toilet paper. I want to go get a haircut. I don't give a damn about my others, the other citizens around me. I want to get a haircut. And our government just being like, eh, we want to reopen the economy. You don't care how many people die in the process or how many people get sick. Or it's overwhelming our health. It's just such a mess. It's such a mess. It's hard because it's also a fine line because if we're fully shut down, it's going to fuck everybody over. But at the same time, 
portfolio opened up, it's going to fuck everybody over. It's just finding that balance and that common grounds. That's the hard part. Well, because they need to find a good balance in between. And I feel like right now it's okay, at least in Colorado. I can't speak for other areas. It's not perfect, but I feel like it's better than it was a few months ago with how open things are. Yeah, the problem is we're seeing spikes in numbers again. So it's like we're not doing it well. In all honesty, the government really could, if they really, really wanted to, it'll never happen, could pay us all to stay home for a month and a half. They really could just be like, okay, everything is shutting down for a month and a half. All of you stay home. But they're never... They could, but then people would flip out again. Like, you have to think people would flip out before. But something that bothered me is it's like, okay, so the riots and protests are okay. It's okay for people to not socially distance or respect stuff with that. But when it comes down to it, we're not allowed to do other stuff. Like go out to eat or other things i don't know that part i felt like was kind of messed up if we're not allowed to do that why are they allowed to do that it was a little bit hypocritical i feel like if it's a stay-at-home order it should apply in all areas well it makes sense that's if you, something that bothered me it, it makes sense if you look at it in the grand scheme of things like obviously if people are out protesting they're not necessarily going to listen to the rule of law so they're going to be out there protesting anyways if the government I just felt like it wasn't enforced very well though and like they didn't really take action upon that when they should have. I feel like Well, I think I- it's it's all a, a means to try to make things less violent. Because if you tell people, hey, you can't do this and there is this social unrest, yo, know, it got violent in places anyways. If yeah. you flat out tell people they can't do it, it would get even more violent. And I it guess. would it would escalate oh. even more. So okay, yeah, you guys can do you guys can go out and protest because otherwise it could get real bad. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's stupid, the whole thing. I feel the protests are necessary and... Not it, the protests being stupid. I'm saying the whole thing with COVID, like the different double standards on certain events. I'm not saying anything about protests being stupid. I will say that, I don't know, just the way the COVID thing is and with it being hypocritical, double standards on that and... I don't know, just certain things. It bothers me. The COVID situation bothers me. The whole year of it has been stupid. Oh, yeah. We're, we as a country are not handling it well at all. <laughs> Absolutely at all. Like, oh, hey, you don't need to wear masks. You didn't need to wear masks. Oh, we told you not to wear masks because we were afraid that we weren't going to have enough masks for the people. Who, like, we're, we as Americans are just dumb children. Like, they had to tell us a, tell us a lie to get <laughs> what they needed done. Yeah. Because we're not responsible enough to be like, hey, guys, we can't have you stockpiling masks because the people who are on the front lines need them. That's why when I realized that was going on, which, you know, should have been in the first place, is it's the same situation with the protests. It's like, we can't tell you the truth because the majority of the American public can't handle the truth, which is these protests are going to happen either way. We don't want them to get more violent. So we're just going to say, yeah, kids, go out inside and play. Yeah. People, restaurant growers aren't potentially going to get violent because we tell them that they can't go to restaurants. True. It's just dumb because it's fucking up the livelihood and the economy for so many people not being able to have businesses open and yet they still allow other stuff. I don't know. Well, and it this just is, bothered me. This is where the government should be taking care of people. I agree. And our government doesn't do enough, whereas other countries have really stepped it up, which is great. Yeah, I, I read 
I think it was France was giving their citizens like seven grand a month to That's stay home. That's incredible. And here we're like, oh, whoa, whoa, we don't want to give you an extra 600 a week because that might be too much money. Something I thought was shitty is the fact that they didn't give essential workers like hazard pay or any bonuses or really do shit for them. You know, that part I thought was shitty too. It's like, okay, so these people that are actually going out and risking things every day aren't getting anything extra. Like, I thought that was shitty of the U.S. government and of corporations. They should be getting hazard payer bonuses when they're putting their lives at risk and at danger. Oh, yeah. And that's, the, yeah. I mean, that's shitty, definitely shitty on the corporations that are showing record mm. profits. Record profits in the situation. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The people that enable us to make these record profits, we're going to Don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. We're going to check your temperature when you come in. We're keeping you safe. I'm sure you've seen like the Amazon propaganda videos. Mm-hmm. Like I'm an essential worker. They'll train me if I need it. So fucked up. You know, a company that regularly was firing people if they were taking too long to pack packages, even if they took bathroom breaks. That's so shitty. Yeah, like, oh yeah, this is a company that has your best interests at heart. So shitty. And that's just American society. And unfortunately, we shit on each other. Yeah. It's not a very helpful society, not very friendly. And that's the reason why the rest of the world dislikes America. <laughs> and I, I completely understand it. What I have found traveling the world is other people in other countries just like Americans that don't leave America. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, part of the problem with the American condition now is so many Americans never leave the country. They never experience other cultures, so they have no empathy for other cultures. They just believe the propaganda of America number one. Yeah, and they're just disrespectful. They're uneducated a lot of the time. I mean, other countries are so much more advanced with their educational system. The fact that they can speak two, three, four languages, even from a young, early age, because they're just more open to learning and they're more accustomed to traveling and they just have a better educational system in that sense, at least. 100%. Well, and that's one of the things that we screw up as as Americans is we don't even start teaching a second language till middle school in most of the States. And even then it's optional. It's not required. It should be required. Well, at least when I went to school, it was required, but the language. It depends on which school you're in, I guess, because with me, it was just optional. It was an extracurricular, just like home ec or other things. It's like, well, you can take your drama class or your art class, or you can go and learn this language, you know? And of course, when you're a kid, you want to do the fun things with your friends. You don't want to sit there and learn the things that are actually useful. If it's not required, you're not choosing it. Right. at a young age or at least that's how it was for me it wasn't required well fuck that i'm not gonna take spanish i'm gonna go take my drama class and learn my theater class stuff that i want if i'm only allowed three classes that i want i'm not gonna pick ones that are actually useful as a child you know i'm gonna pick ones that are playful and fun yeah. i mean i feel like i did learn useful things from theater obviously and acting I know how to do a lot of things that I wouldn't otherwise that benefited me when I lived in LA because I've actually helped with building sets and set design and art department projects outside of porn. I've done other things that have either been paying or volunteered just for fun, just for my resume. But they're things that I learned from high school classes that were just my fun classes on the side that I put, picked and took. So one special language classes, means more homework there's not really yeah. like 
if you have any homework from a drama class, it's like learning your lines. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like trying to figure out how do you form a sentence in this other language that your parents may yeah. not be able to help you with. Like, if I brought Spanish or French homework home, my parents couldn't help me with that. They don't speak a yeah, lick of it. Yeah, my parents would only be able to help me with like a couple of basic words and phrases. You know, my parents would be like, "This is how you say this, this, or this." Like, go to the bathroom or hello, how are you doing? My parents know a few things, but they wouldn't be able to help me with anything past the basics. Right, and. That's daunting for a child, too, because even if they are interested in learning another language, if they don't have... Who's going to help? Right. Who's going to help? I'm, you know better than I. You're a parent. I'm sure there's times where your kid comes home with stuff from school and is frustrated and needs help with them. Yeah, and I can help with most of it, but there are certain things that I'm like, uh, they completely changed <laughs> how to do this. I can get you the correct answer, but not through the method that they want with this math homework. You know, I know how to do it a completely different way. And if it's not done their way, then it's wrong. Or they get partially deducted on the points, even if it's the correct answer. So it's one of those situations where it's like, I can't help you with your math because they're teaching it in a completely different method. And I can't do this method, even though it's basic math. And I can get you the correct answer my way that I was taught. Uh, Right. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this. I can't help you. <laughs> like the bo- the boxes or whatever that they have to figure, yep. they, I've to seen figure out basic math. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this core stuff that you're learning. I learned it a completely different way. Me know? too. Like Me too. When I was a kid, you just put it like the numbers, like one on top of the other, add, subtract, or like do the dividing with the different little squigglies. You know, it was completely different. And I know how to do it that way. I can get you the correct answers with the way I learned it. I did really great with math. Had A's and B's up until I was in high school. And I liked math up until high school when they started to switch to the method that my daughter is now currently using. But they switched to that method when I was like halfway through high school and like almost graduated. And when they flipped the switch on everything, I didn't get it. And I went for being a student in math, having C's, D's, F's, just really struggling. Oh. It messed with me and I couldn't get a hold of it. And I squeaked by in math <laughs> and graduated, luckily. But before that, I got A's. I did really well with the old methods. Well, I can imagine also in those situations, because it was new to the teachers too, they may not have been grading you correctly. Yeah, I have no clue. It just didn't work for me, though. And even now with my kid doing this stuff, I'm like, yeah, I never learned how to do it this way properly. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't help you. You're going to have to ask your teacher for help or go for tutoring. I I can only imagine that, like, teachers that were teaching it the way that we learned for 20, 20, 30 years. all Being of a sudden, like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, like, <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Now I have to teach this? Uh-huh. So I'm sure... A lot of papers got misgraded because they're like, uh, yeah, you're not doing. It's amazing to like, as an adult, to look at like your teachers and your parents as fallible human beings, but they didn't have all the answers that they weren't always right. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy that other things haven't changed too much because I'm able to help my daughter with just about anything else in school besides the math work. I can still help her with reading, writing, different things. I was always good at that. So but, at least I'm not completely useless when it comes to homework. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> they also have resources that we never had. At least I never had as a kid. Like Yeah, like internet. I remember I had dial-up. And even then, it was hard to get to any pages. And you'd have constant, like, pop-ups and shit. Constant well, <sighs> pop-ups. And just, you know, unreliable information, at least when I was in high school. There was no real good place. It was new. The yeah. internet was new. You could find some information, other things you couldn't find. And it was difficult to use back when I was a kid. It started to get better towards the end of me being in high school. But I remember internet was such a new thing when I was in elementary, junior high, high school. It was completely different. You did not have any of the shit available that you do now. No, no. We did not have the wealth of human knowledge in our hands. <laughs> it's amazing. We have more knowledge in our hands right now, and we've never been fucking dumber. It's wild. But it's also because there are a lot of people that don't fact check or research into what they're looking up. You know, you can pull something up and it can be accurate or it can be completely wrong on the internet. That's another thing. Internet gives people free range to post whatever they want, whether it's true or not. So unless people actually put in the time and effort to look into things, you don't know if you're looking up the correct information or not. Well, and one of the problems I come across, I'm sure everyone comes across, is people are more willing to fact check things that they don't believe are real and never want to fact check things that they agree with. Yeah. And even then, even if they're wrong, sometimes they still stick to their side, even though they know they're wrong and prove it. Well, that's you can prove it all day, every day, and they're just stubborn fuckers. And they're like, "No, my side is right, and that's that." <laughs> well, part of the problem with that is how you go about proving that they're wrong. They've, it's been even if you like lay out multiple like links, articles, facts, people are just set in their ways sometimes, though. Well, it it all depends. It all depends if they feel insulted or like that you're condescending to them that. Or telling them that they're an idiot for their wrong, being wrong. That's been scientifically proven that people will double down on being wrong if you come at them in a way where they feel they're insulted by I try by it. to be nice to people, but I will say sometimes I'm the type of person that's just like, you're a dumbass and here's why. <laughs> I'm one of those and I have no problem admitting that. I can be a bitch, but that's me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm a sweetheart, but I'm also a bitch. Oh, I have my moments. It's infuriating. Believe me, I have a couple friends that have gone off the goddamn deep end with some of this shit. And it's infuriating because you try to come at them like, but hey, man, like, doesn't this, this, this or this disprove your point? You know, hey, buddy. And then buddy. they keep going at it and they keep being rude. And then finally you blow your top and you're like, hey, dumbass, this is why, you know, like I try to be nice at first. But if people want to keep being dicks or if they want to start shit or insult me. Then that's when I flip the switch and I just, I don't know, I'm a switch. I'm a dom at times. And if somebody pisses me off, that side comes out, whether it's in a disagreement online or in the bedroom, I'm a switch. And it just, my dom side comes out once in a while. <laughs> oh, what what brings the dom happy. side what brings the dom side out in the bedroom in real life? Oh, I've had people piss me off or me just get like irritable or sometimes people are just not taking control when I want them to. So then I end up taking control and saying, okay, listen here, fucker, you're going to do this, this, and this, you know? How do they generally respond? Oh, usually they like it. And usually they're like, where did that come from? Because that side doesn't come out often, but when it does, it's entertaining. That's really what they were waiting for. They were just like, oh, oh, 
goodies is going to take control. <laughs> Probably. Some relationships, I feel like, definitely would have gone better if I would have just been Dom full time. <laughs> well, and that's the problem. Your partner didn't communicate their wants or needs to you. Exactly. But then it's like when it comes out, they're like, ooh, I love this side. And it's like, well, you should try to tell me what you want. I can't really read your mind. Right? You should You should have begged for this a long time ago, bitch. <laughs> exactly. But back to the, the European education thing with the foreign languages. They teach kids second language is so young and that's really oh, what I know we should be doing like that with them it's mandatory i feel like it's mandatory out there but it's wild i have friends from europe and they are so well educated they are so intelligent i have friends that speak like three four five different languages and they're from italy or spain or other places and it's incredible it blows your mind. And then you look at people here who can barely even speak their own language or spell or write in their own language. It's so bad. I know so many people that can't even spell things properly in English and it's their only language. Hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. Sorry. I'm, I'm right here. Jeez. I'm right there with Our you. Our educational system's just not as good. No, it's it's horrible. When I was in Finland, I just ended up at a bar. And talked to this, like, heavily tattooed, like, punk rock couple. One of them spoke five languages, and one of them spoke seven. Wow. And the whole conversation was in fluent English. Like, there was no, what What did you mean by that? Like, perv, like they, they spoke better English than I did. Let's just be honest about it. Absolutely incredible when you think of stuff like that. And I'm just like, man, I am so wildly uneducated in this moment. I feel so... So wildly uneducated. Yeah, I feel that way sometimes when I meet people from Europe or other places. I mean, I feel like I got a great education here for what it was. And I am intelligent for the system I was raised in. <laughs> um, but definitely not on the level of other cultures. Definitely nowhere near as intelligent or as educated as other people around the world. I saw a meme recently that really blew my mind, but it makes so much sense. Like It was like, what's considered classy if a rich person does it, but trashy if a poor person does it? And it's like, speaks multiple languages. Wow. And it's like, oh, that's really sadly accurate. That is. That's really accurate. And like that sums up America so well. It's like, ugh, ee. we shouldn't be this way. I agree agree like why are we so xenophobic where it's like oh we look down on someone who comes to this country to try better themselves who english yeah english isn't their first language but they're trying and not to mention the fact that we're all made up of people from other countries anyway oh yeah you know so it's pointless it's like why would you be upset with people moving here when your family moved here it's not like we're natives well, and on top of it, down to it, so many white people are tied to their former national identities. Like, I'm Italian, I'm Irish, I'm German. Like, it's like, yeah, but what part of your culture do you know? What part of the language? What part of the traditions did you keep from that? But it's something that a lot of people can't even. They can't even. They can't even. And on top of it. Most of those countries don't speak English, buddy. So that means your ancestors didn't speak English when they got here. And you're looking down on other people that are coming here now who first generation don't speak fluent English. 
Exactly. And it's like, okay, so you might not speak English or they might not speak English, but do you speak any other languages? Do you speak your home language on top of English or are you just uneducated and just speaking the language of where you are? Like with me, my family is from Germany and France and I don't speak French fully or German. I don't speak it fluently. I can speak it broken, but I don't know it fluently. I'm not as educated or as cultured. I think that it's incredible when people can go outside of their comfort zones and move to another country where they don't speak the language and then try to learn it and try to work in it. 100%. Huge props for everybody that moves here from elsewhere because it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. You're abandoning everyone you know in a lot of Mm -hmm. cases. In a lot Going of ca- to a place where you don't understand the language and you're just trying to make a better life for yourself or for your family. And it's a hard thing to do. It's impressive. I look up to people that can do that. That's yeah. a lot of strength. Especially coming to America where a lot of the populace you're going to be dealing with is ignorant. And because, assholes. Yeah. Because people you don't. can be perks. Because you don't speak another language. Because mm-hmm. you don't speak the, you know, because you don't speak English. Yeah, we. Yeah. It's it's mind boggling, and that's why I feel like more Americans need to get out of the U.S. and need to, when they leave the U.S., not to go to some resort in Cancun. Yeah, they need to actually go out and experience the culture, like Anthony Bourdain would do. Check yeah. out the little places. Oh, one hundred percent. People. Almost every trip I've made out of the country, I've made friends with someone in a bar that I'm still friends with on Facebook. Yeah. When I went to the Czech Republic, I didn't really get to explore or meet people or talk too much, but I did make a friend with another performer who lives in London and with the makeup artist in the Czech Republic. So I made two new friends and I did get to go out and explore a little after work. One of the days I did some shopping at the different little shops. So at least there was that. (laughs) I got to explore a little bit. I didn't get the culture that I wanted, you know, to get in, but I got a tiny glimpse into it, which was neat. And that's awesome. And more people need to do that. I mean, I understand, like, this is also privilege talking where it's like, oh, not everyone can afford to go out of the country and go explore. I get it. Yeah. If you're able to, though, I feel like it's something that you should do at least once in your life. It's one of those things. If you're able to. If you're able to. You should do it more than once because... Yeah, but at the very minimum, I'm just saying you should do it at least once, you know? It's just one of those things. And where there's a will, there's a way. Even if you don't have money, where there's a will, there's a way. You'll make it happen. If that's what you truly want to do, you'll set aside a buck or two here and there until you have a couple hundred to go on that one-day trip or that one-week trip, depending upon where you're going. I feel like it just depends on how bad do you want it. Do you want to go on a trip or do you want to go buy a $1,000 iPhone? Right. 100%. Like, last trip I went on, I went to Colombia. Once you're in country in Colombia... Things are cheap. Things are insanely cheap. It's just the plane ticket to get there and back. That's the big expense. Yeah. And they're going out of the country. Even that ticket was only like 700 round trip. Yeah. Less than your iPhone. And once we were in country, me and three friends were splitting an Airbnb. That was $60 a day. Total. Cheap as fuck. And then it's also cheap for food and drinks, depending upon where you go. Like if you go to Thailand... 
I've heard it's super duper cheap and you can live like a king for hardly anything compared to the U.S. Oh, yeah. And I haven't been to Thailand yet, but I've heard that as well. With Colombia, we were doing fine dining most nights for like $20 a head. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, it's worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah, we were, we ended up in like the equivalent of Colombia's or Bogota's Beverly Hills. And it's just like, oh, we're going to go to this really fine dining. We went to the same restaurant twice over the course of the week trip. When we were in there the second time, they were like, would you gentlemen like your same table? Like, <laughs> like that's the level of the spot we were in. That Oh, that's so cool. Like, oh, oh, they that remember us. so nice. Aw. <laughs> well, I, I think part of it is just they don't get a lot of scumbag gringos rolling in that are spending money. Like, I'm sure Very we stuck out a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure that they appreciated it, though. Like, it's always nice to get business, even if it's tourists, especially if they tip or, like, treat you well. Oh, yeah. We tri- we tip, we treat well. Like, down, down in Colombia, uh, gratuities, like, they auto-grat you 10%. Like, oh, that's cool. It's just on the bill, auto-gratted 10%. I have a bunch of service industry friends, so we automatically tip over-tip because it's just American culture. Well, the thing is with me, every time I've had a normal job, for the most part, it's been service industry. I've always been server, host, bartender at most of my jobs. So I tip well as long as I'm being treated well at whatever location that I'm at. I just do it automatically because, you know, I've been in that job before and I'm always polite to my servers. I try to make sure everybody's taken care of when I go out. So... I don't know. It's a habit. It's one of those things where I've been around it. So I have a lot of respect for people who do that job. Didn't you have a YouTube series about bartending at one point? Um, I didn't have a series. I'm on a series. I'm on Tipsy Bartender. I'm one of the Tipsy Girls and I'm still friends with him. And his channel is doing really well. He's up to like 4 million subscribers now, I think. Awesome. If not more. I, for whatever reason, thought that was actually your channel. Oh, no, I was one of the founding Tipsy Girls, though. I was one of his first girls that got on his show because he ended up getting it up to, like, 20 different girls on the show eventually, but I was one of the first. So that could be why you were thinking that. I know. I just saw you on the thumbnails a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm one of the original girls, and a lot of our videos were made private or taken down after a certain point because of the fact that... um, I'm a porn star and he was worried about demonetization and losing brand deals and ads. He still has a bunch of our videos up, but some of ours, like we had really inappropriate names or stories and certain ones are down now (laughs) just as a protection to his channel and his brand, which is perfectly fine. But it's wild because some of the stuff that we used to post was so funny and so naughty. And you just got to be more careful nowadays with the way that things are run and censorship different things in the world well for the audience why don't you tell them about it a little bit oh well a lot of our things like i was the tipsy girl that was the porn star so we would make like inappropriate drinks about porn and sexual names and he would usually ask me a story about it from my personal life or from my day on set he'd want me to tell about it just to make it a little bit more personal a little bit more interesting whereas nowadays 
the names are a little bit more PG and he also tries to keep it to where there's not stories really. It's a little bit less personal now. It's just like, here's the recipe and here's a close up of it being made. And this is what it looks like. Ta-da. It has a very tasty or delish recipe type of vibe now the way the shot and filmed. It's not the same personal connection and comedic feature that it used to be with the different girls and getting to know different personalities. I don't know. It was completely different. It was cool, though. Like, even now, it's still a great show. It teaches you how to make drinks that you couldn't normally make at home. So, I give huge props to it. It's great either way. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the way of the world with YouTube these days. It's like, Demonetization you gotta abide for, by their rules. You gotta abide, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there's no other platform to go to. There's no, there's no competition. Yeah, I mean, I know Vimeo's tried to be competition, but it just never blew up the same way, unfortunately. Well, the problem is Vimeo will never be able to compete with YouTube because it, you got to pay money to have any real space on Vimeo. Yeah, it's just wild the way that. Are. Yeah, I wish that there was somebody that could compete with YouTube because YouTube's changed so much and it's just not what it used to be. I know. Do, 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 do. I totally get it. It's, you know, they're using national advertisers. So I get it that they don't want to do anything remotely controversial to try to piss off Tide or whoever else is advertising with them. It makes yeah. sense. It makes sense from a business model, but from a creator's point of view, it sucks. Oh, yeah. It's not what it used to be, and it does suck big time. So, real quickly, I'm just going to pick up this little guy and see if he's ready to eat yet. This is my little tree rat. His name is Rocky. <laughs> Aw. For the audio audience. I named him that. that is a tiny... I named him just... I named him after Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Nice. I'm going to put him down for a second to fill up his syringe full of milk. Now you just have to adopt a moose. I know. Eventually. I'm sure that'll happen, too, at the rate that my life is going. <laughs> you know, I'm totally chill with it, though. I love, love, love animals. Oh, you have a duty butt. I got to clean that before I can feed you. <laughs> for the audio audience. Oh, man. Is a tiny, <laughs> tiny squirrel. Doesn't even have really have hair. Like just. Yeah, he's maybe two weeks old. Maybe. He's itty bitty. They start to get hair when they're about three weeks old ish, and then they start to open their eyes around four to five weeks. From what I read, this is my first time having one of these little dudes. But luckily, I love babies. I'm only going to stick to the one child. That's enough for me on that. And my boyfriend has two. So technically, I guess if we last, I'll be a mother of three. Uh, but I'm good on the kids. I'm on the pill. I'm cool with more baby animals, though. I'll adopt a million of these. Hell yeah. Uh, do, you have, do you have a relationship with your boyfriend's kids yet? Uh, his daughter, his son, not so much because his son lives in a different state. So I haven't met him yet. But his daughter, she comes and hangs out with us on the weekends, and she is the sweetest little thing. And she really likes me, so 
that's a good thing. Oh, definitely. His yeah. daughter likes me and my daughter likes him and they get along even though they have a big age gap. My daughter's about five or six years older than his, so it can be a little bit hard at times because I have a preteen and he has a little kindergartner, you know? Yeah. But other than the big age gap, they get along really well. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to let him warm up a little bit more. Sometimes if they're too chilly, they won't eat yet. But he just let out a big poop. So in theory, he should be ready to eat. (laughs) At one end, (laughs) in the other. Yep, pretty much. That's all they do at this age. They just eat, sleep, and poop. I mean, some of us just do that at all ages. I mean, that's pretty much my life, too. (laughs) Occasionally I get on camera. little squirrel. (laughs) He is so cute. And I'm so lucky that I have a partner right now that's actually supportive of my career and supportive of my crazy ways with having animals that are random. Like, texting him, baby, I found a baby squirrel is coming home with me. Like, not too many people are open to that type of stuff. I know it's a little bit nutty that I do the things that I do and the way that I do them, but it's cool that I have somebody that's fully supportive of it right now. That's important. That is so fucking important. That's, I feel like that's why so many relationships in the industry fail is, you know. It's hard to find people that accept you for being different. Yeah, especially with the profession. Yeah. Luckily, he's fully supportive. And he's actually talking to me about creating content with me. And he's going to start his own OnlyFans soon. Oh, look so at I'm excited. Look at that. You're just turning him out. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. I actually got to name him, too. Oh, can you reveal the stage name? Yeah, I'll reveal it. He already keyed it on his Instagram, and we're going to be making his OnlyFans probably tonight. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that's coming up soon. Marshall Splatters. I came up with it because Marshall Mathers, yeah. Marshall Splatters. Yeah. Does he We're have both a, Eminem fans. Does he have the 90s Eminem die job? No, that'd be awesome, though. I could always tell him to do it. You have to. Come on. Well, my dude, he used to make music when he was younger. He never went big with it, but he got to open for Tech 9 once when he was, like, fresh out of high school back in the day. So... I don't know. I thought about it. I was like, you know, we're both fans of Eminem. You used to rap and you used to make beats and stuff. Let's do something that incorporates something other than just you using your dick, but also like, let's make it a naughty name. So it's our little ode to Eminem. Uh, <laughs> you could definitely do some like groupie scenarios. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Do some little Eminem porn parodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just a. Uh... Have him like rocking like the tracksuit and that'd be cute. Have him bleach his black hair, make him go blonde. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Full on my I thought that would be cute. Should convince him to do it. I mean, you're already turning him out, so you might as well go full hog with it. Oh, I'm sure he'd be down to do it at least for a couple of weeks. He'd probably want to go back to his hair eventually, but he'd probably do it as a temporary thing. Do it, take some headshots. Open minded. (laughs) Obviously. He's letting you start a zoo and wants to perform with you. Oh, yeah. And he's also stepping up and kind of being my daughter's stepdad. And that's huge. That definitely is. I mean, it's one thing to date the mother. It's a whole other thing to, like, be a family. Yeah. And he's already met my parents and they love him. 
So that's pretty big. Hell yeah. My mom told me he's the first guy that I've been with that she actually liked. <laughs> that include your daughter, daughter's father? Oh, yeah. She hated him. <laughs> he wow. was my high school sweetheart, and he's not a very good person. He has three kids, and he's not really part of any of their lives. Uh, and he's physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive. He's the only man to ever get physical with me. Oh, I'm sorry. I've so- never had another partner abuse me. I've never had somebody hit me or choke me or threaten me with a knife besides him. Like, I've had a knife straight up to my throat in my kitchen before. So. Oh, that's such a bummer. Only person that ever did that. Only one. And I've been around a lot. (laughs) I mean, at the time, I hadn't been because he was one of my first people. But after him, I kind of decided to be a wild child, do porn, and start dating around. So. Yeah, that... that Mm. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's an absolute bummer. That's okay. I mean, it sucks, but I made it out of it, and I'm a lot stronger, and I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I'm providing my daughter with a really great life, and my new partner's wonderful, so I really can't complain because a lot of people don't get out of their domestic violence situations. I got out, I got my daughter out, and we're both happy and healthy, and doing well now, so I can't complain. It built me up to be the person that I am today, and it worked out for the best. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that's... And you can't appreciate the good times if you haven't had some bad. Yeah, that's very true. And with her father, I got a really cool kid out of it. I mean, she's been acting up now that she's turning into a teenager, but that's normal, and that happens with anybody. Um, but I got a good kid for the most part when she's not hiding my work phone and sassing me. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's only going to get worse probably. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to get worse, but she's pretty wonderful. She does well in school. She has really good manners. She's great when I take her to meet people and stuff. When I take her to things with my friends, she does well with everybody. She's very social She's the type of kid that you can bring and she can have a conversation and, and and she's educated. I don't know. I'm lucky in so many ways. I'm very lucky. She's a great one. I personally don't want children just because I'm terrified that I would have a kid that ended up like me. So, Oh, I was terrified of that too, but I just, I don't know. Once it happened, I was like, you know what? She's meant to be here. It's happening. I'm just going to go with it. And do the best that I can. And I haven't had any since her and I don't think I'm going to at least no intentional ones. Um, if it happens, it happens. I wouldn't abort, but I'm not going out of my way to get knocked up again. No desire to, you know, cement the family with the partner, the current partner, if it went further. I mean, he has two kids and I have one. I feel like that's enough and we can cement it by adopting animals together. I like that plan. (laughs) He already told me he's raised a couple of baby squirrels with one of his buddies before in the past, and he's going to help me with this little guy. Like, as soon as I told him, he was volunteering to help me, and I'm like, okay. So we're going to be raising a little baby together in our own way. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And this way doesn't require childbirth, and it doesn't require teenage years. So. And it doesn't require you to have to do fetish scenes while you're pregnant. Exactly. So it's kind of best of all the worlds. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't mind doing the fetish scenes while pregnant, but 
it's one of those things that's like, eh, if I don't have to do it. Well, and then it's also like you're catering to a niche audience at that point. Yep. Very niche, but you'd be surprised how many people in that audience already hit me up for stuff. Like, just because they know that I've had a kid, I've had people ask me before. It's like, do you have any pictures or videos of you back when you were pregnant? I'm like, well, no, because that would be illegal. I was 17 when I had my kid, 16 when I was pregnant. Uh, <laughs> but I've had people like reach out to me and ask me because, you know, I don't hide the fact that I'm a mom or that I'm a MILF. So it's one of those things I've had people ask me to cater to that. And I also have people ask me to do cream pie scenes a lot. And people that ask me if I can do things where I'm begging for the people to get me pregnant and just different things. Even on cam, me begging my dildo to get me pregnant while I'm on cam. Just different things. It's a fetish. It's a thing. And I cater to it and I don't mind. But yeah, I've never catered to it on the real end. Right. So. I. They could put you in a, you know, you could put yourself in a fake pregnancy belly and like, you know, put makeup around it, see if people are into that. I could. I'm sure that there would be a market for that. It's just interesting though. And then like lactation fetishes. I know I mentioned at one point that sometimes I still lactate from time to time. And I've had people like reaching out to me wanting me to make lactation videos. And I'm like, well, on the rare occasion that I actually do lactate, it's usually just a drop or two. It's not enough for me to make a full-blown video out of it. I just kind of made that remark in passing once on an interview. And then people are like, oh, you still lactate? Please make videos for me. And I'm like, it's not enough. It won't show up on camera. Usually it's just a couple drops. It's not like I'm making milk fully still. Well, what you got to do is like you got to shoot from the side and like stick a hose on the side and just spray it. I mean, I could do that, I guess. Full, I know full that, on trauma. Like, some companies do that for pop shots and or, stuff. Like, they'll do, like, the attachment below the dick so they can shoot multiple clips or videos. I've done that on set. I've dealt with that. Uh, so, I know how to do it. I guess I could do that. It's just a lot of time and effort that goes into making that look real. <laughs> I, I'm sure someone would pay for it even if you made it look ridiculous. Like, just not even just, like... Full-on power spray of milk. Just, <laughs> I'm sure someone would still pay for it. Hell, they might pay more just because of how ridiculous it is. Probably. You're probably right. I should try that. You should. Might as well. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. Even if it's like not sexy time, it would just be really funny. Yeah. It would just be psh, milk geysers. Let's see. Are you warming up, dude? Are you still a chilly baby? You're still chilly, okay? So baby squirrels, you have to keep them super duper warm. I have him on a heating pad with a little towel blanket right now. But when they're cold, they won't eat. They have to be warm in order to eat. And you have to help them go to the bathroom because they can't go to the bathroom on their own yet, just like kittens and puppies can't yet. So you have to, like, take a towel or a washcloth a lot of the time to help them. You have to, like, rub their genitals to help them express it. So. How do, like. It's wild. How do animals do that in the wild? Do their parents express their genitals for them? Oh, they lick their buttholes. They'll lick their babies until they poop or pee. And then they eat it. 
the parents will eat their shit and their piss just to help them go to the bathroom and live. Man, really glad not breeding. I'm really happy that I'm not an animal because <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I guess it's instinct when you're an animal, but personally, I just think of it and I'm like, God, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nope. I'm no. very happy I don't have to do that. But yeah, I've just been using little baby wipes. I just have the little flushable wipes and I just pull that out and use that on him and it works just fine. You just rub it a little and then it helps them get their muscles going and do what they need to do. See, us humans have it easy. We just piss and poop ourselves everywhere for a while. We have to develop control to keep it in. Yeah, and you are also helpless. So you have to hope that your parents are changing your diapers often enough and stuff if you're a baby. But we definitely have it easier than animals. Yeah, yeah. We'll just... Ugh. But yeah, this little guy, he's so little that I have to feed him every two to three hours and help him go potty every two to three hours. And as time goes on, you know, it'll be less and less. It'll move up to four hours, five hours, whatever. But I've had him since I think Tuesday and yeah, it's Friday. So, so far I've kept him alive for like four days, which is good since I've never had a squirrel before, you know. Hopefully you can eventually... You know, measure the time you've kept him alive in months and years, not days. Yeah, that's the plan. But it's also one of those things that when you find a baby animal on the ground that's been rejected by its mother, you know, it could have a high mortality rate. Maybe she knows something's wrong with it or it's sick and you don't know. So right now I'm just measuring it in days. It's a day by day thing. He's doing perfectly fine so far, but it's like his mom rejected him for a reason. Is it because he has medical issues or just because she doesn't want kids? And she's like, bye, bitch. I'm right? done. <laughs> Yo, mama didn't mean to get knocked up. <laughs> you never know with animals because sometimes they don't want to have babies. And sometimes it's because they can't produce the right amount of milk. Sometimes it's because the kid has medical issues. And I have no fucking clue what the issue was in this situation. So I'm taking it day by day. And after it's been a couple of weeks, I'll feel more comfortable saying he's going to live. But for now, it's day by day. After two weeks, I feel like I'll know for sure. Do you have any worries about the squirrel bringing any diseases into your house? No, because he doesn't have any mange. There's no bugs on him, no fleas or anything. I'm not seeing anything on him. And I know the mama squirrel is healthy because it's literally a squirrel I found in my dad's front yard. And I know which squirrel lives in that tree. And she's a young mama. This must be like her first time having babies because she's not an older squirrel. Um, but she doesn't have anything on her. She doesn't look like she has any issues she looks super healthy and we fed her nuts and I tried to get her to take her baby bag and she just didn't want it. Like she straight up came down, looked at the baby, saw that I'd been taking care of it for a couple of days. Cause this was yesterday, took it outside, had it sitting out there trying to get her to come take it. She comes over, she has a little excited little chirp and she wiggles her tail. She was happy to see it. And she was like, okay, you're healthy. You're good. She grabbed her peanuts and she left. <laughs> Straight up went back up to the tree that I found him under. <laughs> She's like, your problem now. Peace. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. 
But she looked super happy to see him and see that he was doing well. And it was sad, though, because I don't know if he heard her, like, or if he could smell her. But he knew that she was there. He tried to crawl towards her, and he started to cry. And she straight up just walked away, grabbed her nuts, and left. But I tried to get her to take him back because they say that, you know, sometimes the mama squirrel will take it back. Nope. Nope. She's like, I already- she was not having it. I already have five more of you up there. I don't need a sixth. Pretty much. He's the only one that I found, though, so I don't know if he wiggled out of the tree or if she kicked him out or what the deal was, but he was crying for, like, two hours the other day. I was, like, outside doing yard work and playing with my chickens, and I kept hearing him cry, and at first I thought that it was a freaking dog being abused by a neighbor or something, just how loud it was and the high pitch squealing and whines. A baby squirrel doing its distress cries sounds like a dog that's, like, being beaten or starved. So I was looking around. I, like, walked out of my yard and was looking all around the neighborhood trying to figure out where it was coming from. And then I realized it was coming from the ground under the fucking pine tree. Well, at least the chickens didn't eat him. Yeah, it was in the front yard, thankfully. If it would have been in a backyard, they would have gotten him. But... Yeah, my chickens are in the backyard, and it was a front yard baby. Yeah, otherwise the chickens... Oh, yeah. They love me. I've seen them catch a little animal before and eat it, and I don't know if it was a vole baby or a mouse baby, or it could have even been a squirrel that fell out of a tree in my yard in the back. I don't know, because they wouldn't let me get close enough. They ran as fast as they could. They were like, nope, this is mine, and they ate it. Before I could get it away or do anything. But they ate a little baby animal like a week or two ago. And even if you could have gotten close, would you have stopped them? Yeah, if it's not damaged, if it wasn't injured, if I could have gotten it soon enough, I would stop it and take it away and make sure it's okay. I don't know. I'm not the type of person that would want to see a little animal die. I could never own a snake or things that you actually have to feed little animals to. I couldn't do it. There are certain animals that I know that I could never take care of just because of what it takes to take care of them. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it definitely takes a certain kind of person to be like, hey, mouse into the snake. Yeah, I couldn't do it. The thing is, I like snakes. I've held boa constrictors before. I think they're beautiful animals and they're super cool, but I could never own it just because I would have to feed it animals. I couldn't do it. Yeah. At least I know that about myself, though. Yeah. The, Not everybody can stomach it. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is take on an animal and then be like, nope, this isn't for me. Yep, I can't do it. I know myself well enough to be like, can't take on this type of animal. I will stick to animals that I can give milk and vegetables and fruit to or cans of cat food or dog food if they need their meat. Well, yeah. that mentality is why I don't have children. It's like, nope, I know I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> With kids, it's like, I know I can do it, but man, they are stressful little fuckers when they get older. I loved her. Like, I still love her, but I loved her so much more when she was little. I will say, like, when they're itty-bitty and they look up to you and you're their hero and they want to be just like you, like, those are the best years. It's so much fun up until they hit about eight or nine. And then it's like, man, now you're getting a mouth on you. You're sneaking behind my back. Now you're trying to get away with taking stuff out of my room that you're not supposed to be taking. My clothing, my jewelry, different things. 
my makeup, just hiding things, breaking things, smushing my Sephora lipsticks into Mm. my white carpet. She did that when she was younger. Just little things like that, like $50 lipsticks that stained my carpet and had to replace carpet. Like, like, hey, you cost me probably my security deposit and a $50 lipstick. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Pass, pass. Yeah. No, thank you. I got to knock on wood somewhere that I don't have any out there that I don't know about. Yeah, that could happen. Like, my boyfriend, his daughter, he found out when she was three and a half years old. Oh, wow. He knocked up her mom as a one-night stand, and the mom didn't hit him up or, like, give him any clue that she had been pregnant or anything until three years later when she decided she wanted child support. And she summoned all the possible fathers to come get a DNA test so that she could get child support. And that's when he found out he had a daughter. And she just wanted the money out of him. She didn't even want him to be involved in the life or, like, wasn't even trying for that. And he was like, no, no, no. Now that I know that she exists and if I'm going to be paying, I'd like to be involved. So he's involved. But it was because he requested it when she went after him for child support and shit. But literally just a one-night stand that he had met two or three times, knocked her up, didn't hear from her until she wanted child support. Years later, he didn't even know she had gotten pregnant. What a horrible person. Mm-hmm. What a horrible person. Who does that? I've never met her, and I don't know her name. I'm sure I will eventually. But, yeah, she's not a very good person from what I've heard. Between that and then the fact that she's not really there for their kid either, she kind of decided that she was just going to leave the kid with her parents. And I guess she's off doing things on her own that she wants to do in traveling and doing her own thing. She hasn't really been there for her daughter. So that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Not the best situation. I feel bad for her kid. Her kid likes me a lot though. And has already started to cling to me. And first time I met her, she was like, I saw you kiss my dad. You got to marry him. You're my new mom now. Wow. Straight up. His little kid is five, and she told me I'm going to be her new mom and I have to marry her dad because I kissed him. (laughs) Wow, that that poor kid. Like, that kid is going to have problems that she's going to have to work out later in life. That that sucks. Yeah, it happens. uh, I mean, it's part of the human existence. I mean, we we probably all do to some degree or another, but it just sucks that, like, the person who decided to bring her into this world, like, just decided, like, hey, I'm not going to even really set you up to, like, for any sort of success. Like, okay, if you're morally opposed to abortion, if you would... At put, least try your best, you right. know, keep it or get it up for adoption or exactly. something like, right by your kid. Yeah, make sure your kid's in a loving home, not, hey, hey, my parents that were kind enough to look after my daughter, who have already done their time. Mm-hmm. Like, your lives don't matter either. Look after my kid while I can go live my best life. Like, what a horrible person. Yeah, I mean, my parents babysit my kid when I travel for work, but it's a little bit different because I'm there for my kid as much as I can be, and it's just here and there when I travel. She's gone for I don't even know how long. I'd have to ask my guy. Um, I know that she's been gone for a bit, though just living her life yeah and so yes you don't work in a not exactly the best situation definitely not and you don't yeah you don't work in a 
conventional job, but you're still traveling for work. Yeah. And with her, I guess she's traveling partially for work and stuff too, but partially for fun. And she just hasn't really been around much for her kiddo. Whereas with me, it's like, it's work related, but I'm there as much as I can be. I don't know. I don't have a lot of respect for her. I haven't met her and I don't really want to. I'm sure I will eventually, but the way that she treats her daughter and the way that, the way that she's treated my guy, I haven't really the way been that very she treat, happy with treated that. Marshall. The way that she's treated Marshall, I'm not very happy about that considering the fact that, you know, didn't let him know he had a kid until she wanted money from him. Yeah. The kid went 3 years without her dad and the only reason why he even knows about the kid is because of child support for a child that the mother's not even really there for. So it's kind of, I don't like that woman. <laughs> I don't know her, but I don't like her. Yeah. Her, her life choices just make me seem like, uh, that's just unfortunate. Like is tied to that woman to some degree for life ever. Yeah. Yeah. To an agree, to a degree for sure. But he gets his daughter on the weekends and he does what he can, and at least there's that. At least he's putting forth effort to be in his kid's life. A lot of dads don't do that, so I have a lot of respect for him. Oh, yeah, especially in that situation where it's like, I don't even really know your mother. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even really know your mother. I didn't know you existed for years. To, for him to step up is completely the right thing. And if I was in his situation, I don't know if I could do the right thing. I'm sure that a lot of guys would just be like, okay. I don't have to. I've never met her. You don't want me to. I'm good. I'll just pay you. A lot of guys would take that road. Yeah. I I hope I never have to cross that bridge. I really hope yeah. I never have to cross that bridge. <laughs> like, I don't know what I, how, I, I don't know how I would handle it. Like, I don't live a kid-friendly lifestyle. Like, yeah. to even be responsible. Like, I'm barely responsible for myself. I'm drinking, you know, I started drinking when we started doing this podcast. So with me, it depends. I've noticed that when I'm away for work, when my parents have my kid and my pets, when I don't have any responsibilities, man, I can be so irresponsible and I'll start drinking with my buddies at like 10 a.m. Like, let's go to brunch. And then we do it all day. And then we go to networking events in the evening and drink open bar for free, just different things. And I'll be raging from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. I'm kind of happy I have a kid and pets to keep me grounded and anchored. Because <laughs> if I didn't, I'd probably be partying nonstop, if I'm being completely honest. When it comes to just taking care of myself, I don't always have the good self-control when it's just me being responsible for myself. I've noticed that in the time frames where other people are taking care of my responsibilities, <laughs> I let loose. And I do it, like, nonstop, go, go, go. But do you think that's partially because you're pent up from being able to go, go, go all the time at your leisure? Like, if it was your day-to-day that you had the ability to go, go, go like that, do you think you would? Or do you think it would just be like... I think I would. Do you really? All right. Yeah. No, I'm just, I lack self-control. It's like, oh, I like this. This makes me happy. And I'm having fun. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm that type of person. Um, I am very good at grounding myself when it's like I have stuff that I have to do. Like if I know that I have work the next day or something, I ground myself. But if it's like, oh, I don't have shit to do tomorrow, I'm the type of person that's like, party. Uh, if I don't have my kid, if I don't have my pets, if I don't have work, if I don't have something 
keeping me being responsible. I'm the type of person that if somebody invites me to go do something, I'm like, yeah, I'll go do it. I'll go drink with you. Hashtag pre-COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-COVID. But <laughs> Everything you described, yeah. like, oh, brunching and bottomless mimosas and the open bar at events. Oh, that was yeah. so 2019. Oh. It was the best. I miss it. But I, yeah, I'm the type of person that if I don't have a shoot the next day and if I don't have shit lined up that I have to be responsible for, oh man, I am one of those irresponsible kids that's just running around like a kid in the candy shop. I don't know. I'm all over the place. I may have been that guy occasionally, maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe you've been that guy. All depends on how much I have to get done, because if I have stuff that I have to get done, then I'm on my A game. But if I don't, oh man, <laughs> it's good that I'm not like a billionaire or somebody that doesn't have responsibilities, because I would just be partying all the time if i was in that situation and that's not healthy no well and honestly i feel like those people end up raising horrible children too because they're like oh hey i'm not really active in my child's life i just make sure everything's taken care of for them that or they end up also just drinking themselves to death or overdosing or just different things you know i feel like i'd be the type of person that wouldn't know my limits uh, and i'd get carried away if i didn't have certain things to tie me down like oh i need to do this this and that x y and z that's so. why a lot of lottery winners end up dead or broke or both yeah so i'm just kind of happy i have certain things to ground me like my daughter and my job and my squirrel and my chickens you know they keep me safe they keep me alive. <laughs> they keep my head on my shoulders. Keep your head out of the clouds and all that fun shit. All that. Yeah. yeah. I overdo the fun sometimes. I don't always know my limits. I get carried hey, away. You're not dead. You haven't overdone it. Nope. And I'm about to get out of the 27 area. So I'll be in the safe zone after that. I'll be 28 soon. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Don't want to be in the 27 club. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Nah, one of the reasons why I left LA is I felt like it could go in that direction because being out there and just constantly being invited to different events and constantly overdoing it, you know, I felt like I was headed in the direction of that. So that's one of the reasons why I left. Do you ever think you're going to come back or is it Colorado forever now? Living-wise, I'm probably going to stay in Colorado, but I'm still going to come back for work and for vacations and different things, you know. And if I ever were to live in L.A. again, it'd probably be like, oh, I'm going to live in L.A. during the winter and spring and Colorado during the summer and fall because I don't like the weather during the winter. I don't like snow. So I'd probably get a summer place out in, or a winter place there, summer place here. Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing that. Like maybe just rent a place out there during the winter, go for the winter months. Nice. Yeah. Kind of like a bird migrate. <laughs> as long as you're not doing it to Arizona, snowbirds in Arizona. Ugh. Yuck. Yuck. I, 
I'm not a fan of Arizona, so eh, Arizona's okay, but it gets too hot. I like the heat, but not to that level. I couldn't do Arizona. Vegas, I feel like I could do certain times of the year, but I would never want to live there during the summer. That would be miserable. This Even so- if you're inside with AC, it's just, I don't know. It's not, I mean, I lived in Vegas for a couple of years. It's not that bad. It's not great. I could do it during winter, but I don't think I could do summers. The summers, basically, when you step outside, it feels like you walked out into an oven. Yeah, it's terrifying. Like, I don't like it. It's too much. It's overwhelming. What's really overwhelming? I feeling like I'm cooking. (laughs) What's really overwhelming is like the $300 electric bill for your AC. Ew. Yeah, I don't like that. No, the, the AC costs, like, I dirt cheap apartment. Wow, I'm almost paying half my rent in AC during the summer. I love Colorado, but I just hate snow. I hate ice. So winter and spring, not fun for me. I can drive on it just fine, but I just don't like going out in it. It's one of those things where I don't like to freeze. I have a car with a great heater and heated seats, thankfully. Uh, But I just, I don't like the cold. It's not my thing. I'm not a snow bunny. I'm a beach girl. I'd rather be at the beach. And I also really, really love the mountains during the summer. I like hiking and fishing and camping. I like it when it's nice out. So I don't know. I'd probably do California during the winter, Colorado during the summer. But Best of both worlds. Yeah. I mean, L.A., it gets a little chilly in winter, but it's still pretty nice. Come on. You're from Colorado. L.A. chilly in the winter. (laughs) That's a myth. The 40s and 50s is not chilly. Come on. I mean, I lived in L.A. for three years, and I got used to it, so that did feel chilly after being there for a bit. When you acclimate to it, it's like, fuck, it's cold, because you're used to the heat. Oh, no, no. Oh, I know. I'm you know, I'm originally from Chicago, so yeah. I went back to Chicago in December of 18, and it was— And you were freezing. You were dying, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah, and it was a warm Chicago winter. It was in the 30s. Yeah, when I lived in L.A. for a bit and I got used to that weather coming home for the holidays, I was like, holy fuck, I'm dying. I'm cold. (laughs) But after being here, you know, it's like whenever I go visit L.A., I'm like, oh, it's so warm out. And I'm walking around in shorts and a tank top and my friends are all bundled up. And they're like, how are you not cold right now? I was like, Colorado. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I used to. I mean, I used to tease friends from Chicago who moved out here years before I did about when they'd come home and like. It'd be in the 50s and they'd be in like huge winter weight jackets. I'm like, what happened to you? What? Ha- and now I'm that guy. I'm that guy now. Yeah, I know how that is because whenever I visit LA for too long or, yeah, it's just different. It's a huge change. But then when I've been here during the winter and I go there for a week or two, I'm like, yeah, this is so warm. It's nice. Uh, I love it. So beautiful and sunny. Nikki, it's about that time. We're going to call last call on this motherfucker. We're going to get you out of here. Awesome. Where can they find you on the socials, the OnlyFans, and all that fun shit? So I have two OnlyFans. I have one that's free where people can pay for content, pay-per-view. And then I have one that's paid where you get everything unlocked already for the most part, unless I come out with something super special where I have to charge. But I try not to charge people for anything extra on that unless they custom ask for stuff. Um, it's onlyfans.com slash play with Nikki for my one that's free. And the one that's paid is onlyfans.com slash Nikki Huntsman. And they're both pretty awesome. So check them out. Hell yeah. And you can find me Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else, just at Nikki Huntsman, N-I-C-K-E-Y-H-U-N-T-S-M-A-N. 
Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Be sure to check out Nikki Smut. Check her out on the socials. And as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook. You can find the Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter, And Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers.